wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to BQ&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, a contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church, and I'm your Drive Time host every Tuesday and Wednesday. It is such an incredible privilege uh, to be able to share with you uh, once again uh, this week. Uh, we're looking at the Bible, manipulation and the rise of cults. Now, there is a subject for you. There is a subject that always raises a huge amount of interest in their community. Yesterday, Nick and Will looked at what is a cult and how do I identify a cult? Today, we're simply going to ask, why do people join a cult? Now, today, of course, our co-host is uh, uh, is Eric Hoare, and Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal uh, Seventh-day Adventist Church. Uh, welcome to you again, Eric. Yeah, good to see you again, Gary. What a beautiful day. What was it, 33 out there? This is my sort of weather. Oh, uh, yeah, I love this time. <laughs> the, I was up uh, this morning going out for my walk, and I've got to admit, walking at, uh, uh, well, close enough to, to, to 6 a.m. in 19 degrees uh, is a little bit out there, but uh, it was nice to be able to get into the summer clothes again. Well, I like it at the end end of the day when, you know, at 7 o'clock at night, it's still nice and warm. You can sit outside, have a cuppa or whatever you want to do, daylight saving. Yeah, it's all good. You're not retired, <laughs> are you, Eric? <laughs> always. <laughs> always, always. Uh, tell me, what did you do this last weekend? Well, I we went up to Birdwood for church. That was lovely and had a, a lunch up there and a chat with the folks. That was very nice. And then on the Sunday, uh, we actually went to um, up to Clear where my son's moved. He's got three and a half acres up there. He lives in a car van, would you believe it? I'm um, going to build a house up there. So we went up there and took some stuff up there for him. Uh, and, oh, what a lovely spot. We He's just right by the Resling Trail there. And wow. that's such a nice place to go for a walk. We went for yeah. a walk down there. Yeah. Or take a bike up there. Have yeah. you been down the Resling Trail? I haven't. I haven't. Oh, it's lovely. You can pick it up any place. It actually, in some places, crosses the road as well. But that's beautiful through there, through the vineyards and all the scenery. But didn't you go this, didn't you go to... Uh, Kangaroo Island or something this week. Oh went for a holiday, yeah, didn't you? yeah, yeah. No, was it, a well, holiday? it was no holiday, <laughs> believe me. But it was a fantastic weekend. You know, I had the very real privilege actually to uh, to head across to uh, to Kangaroo Island. And of course, uh, listeners interstate may not be aware Kangaroo Island is uh, it's probably 150 kilometres uh, driving, and then uh, you jump a, a ferry, take your car across to, to Kangaroo Island. Kangaroo Island, of course, is the, the third biggest island uh, uh, surrounding mm. Australia after Tasmania and Melville Island up near the north. Territory there, and uh, we certainly went over there. We took a group of young people over there from uh, Living Ministry Media. Now, Living Ministry Media is a, a group of young people that I and seniors that I I actually do some work with as well, uh, recording some uh, YouTube uh, material. And uh, on YouTube, Gary. Yes, oh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I haven't famous. advertised that fact, have I? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I really, I really enjoy. So people can see you on YouTube. On, uh, they on can, Facebook? they can indeed. It's actually um, if they look for big picture, uh, is okay. uh, uh, I, I do a a Bible study presentation that looks at uh, it's a it's a help for uh, Bible study teachers. I do that every uh, every single uh, week. I've done that now for a number of uh, uh, a number of years, and uh, really love love doing it. And uh, we. Say 
certainly have young people who uh, do all the tech. I'm able to, to write a script and present, uh, but uh, the tech is far beyond uh, my uh, my <laughs> humble abode. But look, this last weekend, it was really something. We went over to Kangaroo Island and it was a little rough going over there, but we had a group of, of young people and a few a few seniors tossed in there as well, uh, about uh, 40, 40 people. And uh, uh, on, on Friday night, we actually uh, uh, ran a, a program we called Friday Night Live and that uh, actually went up on the uh, on the internet and uh, quite a number of them were involved in that I was involved in it to a to a small extent uh, and then uh, on on Saturday on Sabbath uh, we, we met together for worship with the local congregation on, on Kangaroo Island normally there's only about um, a six or eight uh, people worshipping together on Sabbath morning in on Kangaroo Island uh, with our forty that certainly picked it wow. up to uh, to a lovely to a lovely size. Wow. Uh, I had the privilege of uh, of preaching, uh, and then uh, on on the afternoon, uh, the entire group uh, uh, we're aware of uh, of about a dozen eighteen families who are really in need. So uh, we actually took a van of, of food over, and wow. we went and distributed food on. Uh, uh, on the Sabbath afternoon, mm. uh, and then uh, evening spent uh, spent some time together, uh, and then on Sunday went to the uh, uh, Kingscote uh, markets uh, where we ran a health assessment program. Mm. Uh, I was actually on uh, Faith FM radio, but just restricted here to the uh, uh, to the South Australian uh, stations, and uh, we were on for about uh, for about three hours, broadcasting directly from mm. the. Um, uh, the Kingscote uh, regular farmers markets, and that was a tremendous experience. And uh, I came back and uh, incredibly tired, but wow, what a what a fulfilling weekend this really was! What a rewarding weekend! Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. People people don't realise how how incredibly um, powerful it is to be able to uh, have have young people with you, young people who are dedicated, committed, and young people who have actually got a purpose in their life uh, to uh, be able to to work in ministry together. And, uh, you know, to me, it's, it's life-changing type stuff. And just a little bit more energy than us old fellas. But uh, I guess uh, it would have been a real boost for the locals there, Gary, to have, you know, a boost on, on, oh, on yeah, Saturday. Oh, yeah, yeah. I actually interviewed on air lovely. the local the local mayor. And wow. uh, he was he was actually, you know, in raptures with uh, all that was actually occurring. And uh, uh, to see young people involved, mm-hmm. one, of the, uh, one of the people that uh, we did actually have there at the markets, in fact, two people, we had uh, uh, Tom Schliwa and we had uh, Grace Macko. At the uh, at the markets there, mm-hmm. and uh, they were playing. We actually took over with us a small mini grand piano, and uh, Grace is an excellent. Tom played that, and uh, Grace is a is a superb violinist. And we had the two of them playing for a number of hours uh, there. I think they would worn out their strings by the time they had <laughs> finished. Um, but you know, one of the things that a lot of people don't realise is that this Sabbath, uh, this this Saturday, the fourth of December at 1.30pm there's actually going to be a live music concert. It's going to be performed in the Adelaide Botanic Gardens. Now this is a, a free community event being run by Kindness and Health Matters which is actually an ADRA uh, project here in South Australia. Now look, if you would love to go down, I think this is being held in the Band Rotunda in the Adelaide Botanical Gardens at 1.30 uh, Tom's going to be there on a mini grand uh, together with Grace 
space that they're going to be uh, uh, be playing together. Now, look, if you would really like to hear something that's worth hearing, one uh, thirty in the Adelaide Botanic Gardens at the Band Rotunda. Uh, I, I think people would really appreciate this. And we had them playing, and people loved it. Uh, you know, the, the rave reviews is what uh, is what came out oh, well, the came Well, out last the weekend, end. Pastor Gary, at Birdwood Church, we had an ADRA um, fundraising thing. We had a car um, car park sale, and we just had stuff lined up there. It was a beautiful day, and we had the locals come from Birdwood to there. If anybody doesn't know, but ADRA stands for Adventist Development and Relief Agency, yeah. which does so yeah, much good it work does, it does. and we raised over four hundred dollars for the morning so we were happy with that unless oh, there was something good. towards that's it. good but we met a lot of the local folk which was really nice and we're actually advertising advertising this radio station while we were there so yeah just to give it yeah. a boost but it's a good agency and that's what's happening this coming week yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. no look i really had a fantastic really enjoyed my weekend yeah. uh incredible blessing and look folks i just encourage you if you uh uh if you're struggling with something to do Hey, you know, become involved in some form of a ministry. It is such an incredible blessing uh, to you. Uh, but look, let's come to our World Watch uh, segment. Uh, picked up uh, an article just uh, just this morning that uh, again uh, is a uh, is a Barna research study. Um, most millennials say they are dissatisfied with their personal relationship. A Barna study finds, and this is uh, this is what the article said. According to new research from the Cultural Research Center at Arizona Christian University, millennials are more likely to struggle with interpersonal relationships that me- than members of previous generations. The study was conducted online amongst a national sample of six hundred millennials. Now, of course, millennials are are aged between currently between eighteen and thirty seven. They found that most members of the millennial generation are dissatisfied with their personal relationships. The study showed that millennials tend to evade conflict and find it difficult to trust others when it comes to uh, relationships. Anxiety, depression or fear uh, is also a part of their concerns. Further, millennials reported feeling overwhelmed with self-doubt and strongly desiring to be part of a community that knows, appreciates and respects them. Additional obstacles contributing to relational dissatisfaction amongst millennials include the influence of dysfunctional families of origin, unrealistic relational standards and inadequate communication skills and efforts uh, to identify issues, the report found. The study further showed that millennials are less likely than other adults to believe they should respect or see that human life is valuable. Now, when I read that, I sort of thought, wow. Um, members of the millennial generation are also reportedly three times more likely than older adults to say they try to get even with other people who wrong them. Regarding marriage, fewer millennials are getting married and many tend to opt for cohabitation instead. For those who do get married, uh, which is now happening later in life, more millennials want to have a prenuptial agreement. The report found amongst millennials... 
You know, I think I'm pretty lucky. I don't know about you, Eric. When I got married, I had such uh, such a paucity of assets that a prenuptial agreement uh, <laughs> wouldn't have had much to much to actually list. Um, uh, the report found that amongst millennials, there are fewer faith-based weddings, fewer young couples having children, and more female millennials. having children outside of marriage. On the matters of trust, millennials tend to trust their parents more than their friends. About 46% said they always or almost always trust their parents, whereas just 36% said uh, said the same thing about their friends. According to veteran researcher George Barner, millennials struggle relationally because of their worldview which has more to do with worldly philosophies than the Bible. So much of a person's life experience and fulfillment is wrapped up in our relationships, he said. Millennials desperately want to be in community, but they're having a hard time developing those deeper positive connections, largely due to the ideas about life and humanity, Barna, who authored the surveys, explained. Millennials do not see people the way God does, he noted. Most of them do not consider human life to have intrinsic value. They feel no obligation to respect people because they do not even believe they were created by God, much less made in his likeness or for his purposes. They're less tolerant of beliefs and behaviours that differ from their own than are older adults. They often seek relationships on their own unyielding terms, but the strategy is untenable, he added. Barna went on to say that holding a biblical worldview is so important to establish healthy relationships. And you know that uh, that particular study it's only just come out uh, from the uh, uh, Christian Research Centre at Arizona State University. To me, it actually says so much. What do you make of it, Eric? Well, reading through that, it's almost like that these relationships are superficial. You know that they don't go deep enough uh, yeah. to actually know the person and to love them, and I think part of the problem is um, is the internet and the way that relationships are carried out today. I know that, for instance, um, that often things when you're uh, angered in a relationship or vented up, you can voice it through the internet because you're not actually sitting face to face with a person, so you can let fly in the yeah. heat of the moment. Yeah. Where often you would go and in a couple of days you'd cool down and you wouldn't say those things but this this here the way it was based on tells me that it's not it's only superficial it's only the top of the surface in a relationship with people around them which is quite sad because in the old days you know the contact with people uh that we've lost lately is is such a big thing and and to see the reactions um the way you see things body language it all adds up to building a relationships but not having the way that that's happening today yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate what you're saying there, Eric. You know, I, I, I don't know how many times, certainly in pastoral ministry, I've, I've talked to people and I've said, look, please stop texting mm. and start talking. Mm. Uh, and, and, you know, I mean, to me, one of the, I, I don't know how, how you found it, but increasingly it is so easy, as you just said, to actually flick off 
that text to somebody mm-hmm. uh, thinking that you understand what they're actually saying mm-hmm. when in actual fact there's been something uh, totally different that uh, that is there and the amount of conflict that I'm actually seeing developed as a result of uh, text messaging as a result of Facebook is is actually huge and uh, I, I look at that and I just simply say hey uh, please you know go and talk to people spend time pray for people mm. uh, it, yeah, well, the Bible talks about it, doesn't it, and says in conflict or even in relationships, uh, you should go and see a person that you know that you may be having a little bit of a difficulty with, uh, instead of putting it in the mill and and flicking texts. Even the pastors often get caught up in it, and often pastors and church workers, head elders and whatever, are spending so much time trying to sort out things, difficulties between people could easily be sorted out in a little meeting together, one to one. But often it doesn't happen that way. We seem to be in a society now where we don't seem to want to deal with that confrontation. We'd rather send something out online and, get, and put yeah. th- our thoughts out there, which yeah. can be misinterpreted. And that's a real shame because the, the Word of God tells us that the love for people is brought about through relationships, through loving one another and building that bond that yeah. goes deep. Yeah. Yeah, no. and and again, I don't think that this impacts. I don't think this study is actually true of all millennials because I can no. think of some some very lovely millennials that certainly this would not be true for. Mm. And I, I am so conscious uh, conscious of that. Uh, but you know, I am also I'm also conscious that uh, this the results of this study could also be true uh, across a much wider spectrum. If in fact they were actually researched, because uh, uh, to, to me, I, I'm certainly starting to wonder whether the uh, the the internet and uh, and texting and, and Facebook has actually got more to do with the outcomes of this study uh, than a generational divide. Mm. And uh, yeah, well, I know of uh, some people I can think of as you too can too, Pastor Gary, who don't say bad thing about anybody who who really um, see the best and everybody is so happy and friendly, you know. And I think that's the key is to understand that when things are happening, um, that communication is so important. But what happens is we often just stop talking to one another or we, we get the wrong idea. Uh, and it's only God's love that can bind us together and change our hearts. It's been, you know, born again and, and how are we going to live in heaven? You must be born again. Yeah. How can we live in heaven yeah. if, if, you know, if we're having so many divides down here? It, actually, I think it's a devil's way of distracting from spreading the gospel. Yeah. Bring in these things and that divide us in, in our roles and even in church. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. No, I really appreciate what you're actually saying there, Eric. Look, folks, let's come to some uh, some music. This is uh, Ron and Patty uh, Valet. Uh, Deliver me. This comes from uh, Psalm uh, 59. Please, please enjoy. Deliver me from my enemies, oh my God. Defend me from them that rise up against me. My deep end. 
beautiful sound of Ron and Patty Valet uh, deliver me that comes from Psalm 59 uh, what a what a beautiful uh, uh, words they they really are uh, folks look today we do have a, a giveaway for you now this is a real beauty this uh, this week uh, now we only have uh, five books um, each each day for this particular a giveaway it is a, a little bit larger than the normal this is the Bible's answer mega book uh, now uh, this uh, book deals with 923 of life's toughest questions with simple direct answers straight from the scriptures uh, violence, rape, tornadoes, floods, abuse, fires, uh, random shootings. Is there any hope? Is there a future? Can you survive without God answering life's greatest questions? Bible Answers is a quick reference to Bible topics. It can be used for personal devotions. It can be used for small group Bible studies. It can be used uh, for, for, for sermons, for understanding prophecy. There are so many uses of this particular book. This is the Bible Answers uh, mega book. You'll love uh, this book. Now look folks, if you would like a Bible Answers book, uh, what you need to do is just text us uh, on our studio text number. Now our studio text number is 04888 808 11. That number again is 04888 808 11. Uh, and all you need to do is to put down SA278 SA27, uh, no gaps or anything there. Uh, and then uh, our, our friend Faithful uh, is our robot. Uh, he will contact you and uh, ask you some some questions so that we can get this uh, book to you in the fastest possible way. It's a real beauty. And, folks, we only have uh, the first five listeners uh, for for this particular book. Uh, we don't have uh, any uh, any more uh, more supplies. So Bible Answers, mega book, uh, 920. 23 of life's toughest questions with Bible answers. You'll absolutely love this book. Uh, 04 888 808 11. 
Now, you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary. Today, our co-host is Eric Hoare. Now, Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. Now, this week, uh, we've been looking at the Bible manipulation and the rise of cults. Uh, yesterday, Nick and Will looked at uh, what is a cult and how do I identify a cult? Today, we're simply asking, why do people join a cult now one of the things that a lot of people don't actually realize is that uh, that sometimes uh, the individuals who join cults are very high profile people you know it's very easy to say okay it's people who don't have a great deal of uh, of understanding of cultish behavior and that are more likely uh, to be entrapped into cults but uh, even many uh, celebrities have been involved in cults. You know, I, I, in doing, doing some research for this program, I was, I was surprised to, um, uh, to, to learn that, uh, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, as a, as a young, as a young lady new to Hollywood, as a 20 year old, uh, fell into a cult through the couple that adopted her into their home. She became close friends with the pair. They were personal trainers who believed in, uh, breathe, breathe ism. Um, followers of breatharianism believe food is not necessary and sunlight can provide all the nourishment that the body needs and that one can live without food and water. They subsequently put Pfeiffer on their diet. Pfeiffer only realized she had inadvertently joined a cult when she was introduced to her first husband, Peter Horton. Horton had been cast in a movie about cults, and on hearing the details, she realized that she was in fact a member of a cult. Uh, then, of course, you've got uh, probably one of the best-known uh, uh, celebrities, and that's Tom Cruise. Uh, Tom Cruise is potentially the most famous of the celebs uh, in cults crew. Uh, so it's likely that you already knew about uh, this particular one. Cruise is a loud and proud Scientologist. He became a member of this group in the early 1990s, claiming that the fellowship helped him with his dyslexia. Uh, the actor was professed his love for Scientology uh, countless times. The cult was established by science fiction writer uh, L. Ron Hubbard uh, back in 1953. It espouses the belief in uh, immortality through reincarnation. Now, you know, Eric, as I read this, I mean, th- th- there's dozens of these, particularly uh, of Hollywood celebrities. I mean, uh, you know, why do people, why do celebrities of all people join cults? Well, there's... Uh a lot of cults out there, Gary. There's uh, millions of members all around the world. It doesn't have to be actually a religious uh, cult either. It can be just for um, a lifestyle cult or whatever it is. In fact, um, I'm glad we're talking about this tonight because I've had personal dealings with a cult in New Zealand, which we'll uh, talk about. I used to be a bricklayer in New Zealand, and we used to go into this, uh, uh, they called them the Cooperites, and we used to go and um, build some of their buildings there. They made their own bread, and um, they uh, followed a leader there, um, and um, Mr. Cooper, 
and that's what he taught from the Bible is what they believed. And it's very interesting when I got to know the workers and their families, but a lot of people join the cult. In fact, you and I could join a cult without uh-huh. even realizing uh-huh. it. It attracts all sorts of different people, uh, average people, uh, nothing special, uh, people that are searching for different things. Uh, and, and that's what actually happens. Um, but the first one I would say is that a lot of people who join a cult, they don't even know they joined one. They don't even know it is a cult. They don't realize it is a cult until they're really into it because what a cult does, it actually brainwashes you into okay. a way of thinking. Uh, and it's usually presented by a charismatic leader that is there because of power. And he, he, in some cases, they actually believe they're, that they're Jesus Christ themselves. Yeah. The Jonestown one was a, a, an example of that. And uh, they give their beliefs that actually draw people in and they're charismatic and they, um, they, they build a community around them that believe, they think they're following Jesus, they think they're following the Bible, but they're actually not. So they join without actually actually realizing it. Um, I know that the people in, in the uh, cult that I knew of, um, they actually changed their names even. They changed their names uh, to, one of them was called Christian, Another lady was called Grace. They changed their names to character. Love. One was called Love. Yes. All the characters of the Bible. Yep. And they disowned their families. They didn't want to know their families. You cut off your family. So it's a complete absorption, as you like, searching for something. And, and often you don't even know it that you're actually in one. Yeah. And, and I think it. that's actually a really good indicator there, uh, Eric, you know, this cutting off of the, of the family unit, because this is something that certainly is non biblical and uh, certainly takes people a very long way from the principles of scripture. I I know that when I was uh, a younger pastor, I I remember uh, back, I think it was in the 90s, that there was a uh, a very significant cult over in Waco, Texas, mm. and uh, you might have you might remember this particular organisation. And at that time, uh, I remember I uh, I knew some uh, some friends whose whose brother uh, was actually in the uh, in the Waco compound, mm. and uh, they were they were praying daily, praying continually uh, that he would make it out because uh, ultimately, of course, the buildings in Waco were destroyed by a huge firestorm. Mm. Uh, And, of course, how did they actually come into that? Well, we actually had a very effervescent leader uh, in in that particular location who was was really uh, encouraging people to move into, uh, into biblical prophecy and there's certainly nothing wrong with studying biblical prophecy, but he would sit and teach biblical prophecy for hour after hour after hour on end. Mm. And uh, uh, it, it really started to change the thinking processes uh, of people who were part of that group. Well, when you look at the greatest massacre that ever happened up till 2001, it was actually in a cult. Uh, and uh, it was the most deadly single non-natural disaster in U.S. history. Uh, and it was the Jonestown massacre where um, uh, quite a few people uh, lost their lives. Um, 918 people actually took cyanide and a punch that were killed, and a third of them were actually children. That's huge, children. isn't it? It That's is. That's huge. And um, 
uh, there was a governor that actually went, heard, he'd heard that there was problems there. He was a US congressman, Leo Ryan, and he actually visited the compound and uh, what he saw was quite good. There was, there was, didn't see anything wrong and then a few notes were passed to him where people wanted to actually leave that compound but they, they weren't allowed to leave and so the congressman asked who they were. He got them and he put them all together and he said, right, anybody else want to leave? And uh, just these few wanted to, so they took them out. They they marshaled them out, and apparently there was a bit of fighting. They were trying to stop them. He was there with his crew and with his bodyguards. That's all that was there, and they managed to get them out into a van. They drove to the airport where the plane had been delayed, and some of the people in the in the in this cult had actually got into their cars with guns, and they drove to the airport and started shooting, and several people were killed, including. Leo Ryan, the congressman, he was actually shot down at the airport. Wow. And he is the only um, uh, congressman to die in his line of duty. Uh, and he was he, he lost his life getting people out of something that they had been drawn into and yeah. realised that there was something wrong and, yeah. and had to leave, you know. But a third of the children died. They took the poison. They were supposed to be following someone that led them to losing their life. Only two people uh, were shot uh, at the compound, most of them, uh, 918 died, 916 took the cyanide, two people were shot dead, and one was the leader, Jim Jones, and the other one was a lady uh, that was shot, and they think that they, one shot one and then shot the other, uh, you know, shot himself. So that's wow. what happened, and that's what can happen when you're drawn into something, thinking that you're following scripture, that you're actually studying the Bible with them, charismatic men led, actually ended up losing their lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really says something about, you know, organisations that, uh, that say, look, you know, come and withdraw from society, because, uh, you know, to me, I'm just so conscious that we've actually got a uh, a God who gave us a commission. He said, "Go, preach, teach, baptize." It basically, Christ's commission is one to go out and impact the world, and not yeah. to retreat from the world. And I, to, to me, as we we look at that, I think that you know that that really gives us a, a really solid foundation uh, for how we can deal with some of these issues. But yeah. uh, look, keep keep going there, Eric. Well, there's uh, a few points here that's been made by somebody who studied into why people join cults. Another one is that they're fed up, as you say, with society. They think that they can change um, things by by um, joining a cult where they can actually make substantial changes by living with a group of people who believe the same as they do. And uh, like uh, there's some actors that have actually joined um, the Children of uh, God cult, it was called, um, and they explained, this actor was um, uh, a well-known actor, and he explained that their family fled the cult in 1977, and that is why his parents changed their last name to Phoenix, because they were able to rise from the ashes of the suppression of that life. So what it does is it draws people in who want to ch- make changes in the world, but being in the world, they can't do it. So they, they come in and join a cult. Um, and you know, with the when I got to know the Cooperites, I found that there were uh, their lifestyle was so attractive. You know, uh, they would make their own bread. Uh, they lived off the land, um, and 
they uh, they had seemed to be joyous all the time and happy. They wore scarves around their head. The women wore long dresses, and uh, the men wore long pants. You never saw any flesh. Wore a tie. Even when they were out in the fields, they they still had all this gear on, trying to live a pure life, a perfect life. Mm-hmm. And um, and then uh, then I got to know them by working there, and I found out that some of them were trying to flee the place, and and they found that um, if, for instance, um, they when they went out working and and believe me a lot of these people were really intelligent people yeah. uh, one of them was an aircraft engineer wow. and, and what they did too they actually uh, manufactured gas for their cars to run on on actually had a pig manure um, but they had the, they were very intelligent people yeah. that were caught up in this cult and they said that um, all the money they earned went back into the community there uh, into the set into the sect but if you didn't um, put the money in and they found out um, one of them Christian told me that they would take you into a room and they would surround you by elders and then they would probe and question you about the money until you broke down they would slap you and hit you all this was taking place within the cult that you and I yeah, don't see yeah, yeah. so you know they, they, you're drawn into this and you think that you're going to save, be part of changing the world in other words there's a real there's an idealism there isn't there you know this mm. is something that hey you know we're going to change the world we're going to have a better society uh, we're going to live a, a more holy life. There's an idealism there that is something that you, you look at and you say, hey, you know, many of us when we were younger were uh, certainly idealistic to, you know, to some extent. Uh, and yet, you know, once again, uh, moving away from the scriptural foundations uh, to a uh, to an a level of idealism where people remove themselves from the world, where they submit themselves to a powerful leader, uh, is just so anti the methodology that's uh, promoted by Jesus Christ. Well, the leader of the group, um, Mr. Cooper, he actually ended up at the end of all this. He was charged with selectual um, problems with young children. Then he actually ended up in jail. He's passed away now. But I knew him. I used to, I knew him then, and, and used to speak to them. But it's what he believed scripturally that they actually followed. In other words, he would explain the scriptures and and his point of view, and nobody else could challenge. His his point of view on what the scripture actually meant, even though they, they, you know, they were very intelligent men. They, it was almost like being a. He was so charismatic that they actually believed everything because they placed him above all the others that were there. Yeah. And that's what happens in a cult. They usually follow a leader. Yeah. You know, um, the Bible says, doesn't it, when it talks about some of these things, it says, um, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled. They will uh, accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and will turn away from their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. That's found in Second Timothy 4, 3 to 4. So it says there that they will, they will not understand sound doctrine, but they will have their ears tickled. In other words, somebody that's speaking to them, they might love them so much, they will accept what they're saying without actually checking through everything themselves. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. No, that, that's, you know, I'm conscious in the book of Acts, you actually get the the Bereans, the Bereans are more noble than those, says Paul, at uh, than those at Thessalonica, uh, because they checked out even the things that the great apostle Paul was saying. You know, to me, if I was listening to the apostle Paul, I think I would be uh, justified in saying, "Hey, look, you know, uh, this is um, th- this is the the voice of God almost." Um, and yet, you know, Paul said, "No, no, no. There is 
There is no, um, uh, please don't just follow me. Please go and check out what it is Mm. that I'm actually teaching and preaching to you. Mm. And uh, uh, to me, I think that same message certainly comes through to us uh, today. That's right. Uh, Another one that comes out too that uh, has been studied is that they want someone to actually take care of them, to make the decisions, to make the the, uh, uh, everyday decisions in their lives. So they're just part of a group that follow a leader. Uh, and that's probably becoming more and more today when we uh, look at society. They reckon now since COVID, they can't get people into jobs. Yeah. People don't work. I heard somebody advertising the other day that they wanted, uh, he worked in an unemployment agency. They put out 400 jobs. He got, th- um, he got 30 replies of people that said, yes, we would like to do the work. And he said, well, you ring up, you, you, you make, come, come and have, come to this appointment. Only three turned up out of, for 400 jobs to work. And, wow. and, and so it's saying now that people just don't want to take responsibility of their lives. They want, um, other people to pay for their needs and everything. And, and in this, this case here, it says they just want someone, you know, go into a community, you become involved in it, you become a number and everything's taken care of for you. you in other words, life has become so incredibly complex that, hey, you know, I really need to go back to a simpler time. And of course, so many, uh, of, uh, of these, um, of these groups actually do live a very simple way of life. Mm. Uh, it, it, it almost becomes appealing to say, hey, look, you know, I need to get out of the, the rat race that's actually uh, occurred, uh, has been developing within our society. Mm. And, uh, uh, and finally, I can find a group that um, uh, where I can find that peace and that uh, and that safety. Well, to be quite honest with you, Gary, Pastor Gary, I uh, it was appealing to me when I saw them working there and saw their lifestyle to get out of the rat race. This seemed the ideal thing to be yeah. part of living off the land yeah. and just being in a community, no worries about the bills. It's all all part of it, and it is really appealing, you know. Yeah. yeah. In those days, yeah. yeah, yeah. Look, guys, let's come to some uh, some music. Uh, this is uh, Michael W. Smith, uh, and he's uh, he's sharing ancient words. Now, these are the words that uh, uh, how much uh, our society needs to hear them today. Please enjoy Michael W. Smith, ancient words.
That was Michael W. Smith, Ancient Words, a beautiful, a beautiful song. Now, folks, uh, please remember, we do have a, a giveaway uh, book uh, for you uh, for you today. Uh, we do have uh, just one of those five books uh, that uh, that is left uh, for uh, for today. Uh, this is the Bible Answers uh, Mega Book, and uh, uh, folks, if you would like uh, this particular book, uh, all you need to do is to text us here at the studio. Now, the, this is uh, the Bible Answers Mega Book. It has nine hundred and twenty three of life's toughest questions. Uh, they an- they're answered with simple, direct answers straight from the scriptures, and. Uh, 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 you'll love uh, this uh, this book. It does respond to so many questions that people uh, people have actually uh, have actually got. Now, look, if you would like your copy, just one left today, uh, just uh, text us here at the studio. Uh, the uh, uh, the number again is oh four triple eight. 80811 and all you need to do is to use the code SA27SA27 and uh, and that book uh, our robot he will contact you and uh, get the details that we need to be able to send uh, this uh, this book directly uh, to you. And now, look, one other thing that's occurring as well. Please don't forget uh, that um, this uh, Saturday, fourth of December, at one thirty p.m., there's going to be a live music concert being performed in the Adelaide Botanic Gardens. Now, this is going to be put on uh, by Kindness and Health Matters. Now, this is an ADRA, uh, the Adventist Development Relief Agency uh, project uh, here in South Australia. Now, if you'd like to bring uh, some friends or your dinner, uh, please feel free. They're going to be playing. This is uh, uh, Tom Sliwa and uh, and Grace Grace Macko are going to be at the Band Rotunda and uh, they're going to be uh, be playing from 1:30 p.m. Uh, this Saturday at the Adelaide Botanic Gardens. You love uh, this particular uh, presentation. If you're in Adelaide, uh, please uh, come along and uh, uh, and join uh, with us. Uh, now uh, uh, you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q and A with Pastor Gary. Today our co-host is Eric Horn. Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh Day Adventist Church. This week we're looking at the Bible manipulation and the rise of cults. And yesterday, Nick and Will looked at uh, what is a cult and how do I identify a cult? Today, we're simply asking, why do people join a cult? Now, now Eric, we're starting to come to the back end of the of the program. Just bring it all together for us. Yeah, there's just a couple more points, um, Pastor Gary, that uh, the studies have uh, shown and that a couple more things why people join a cult is actually low self-esteem and one of the many tactics that cults use to recruit new members is called, they actually call it love bombing. And this is a technique where members of the group are overly loving and complimentary. And to someone who has low self-esteem, this is a real huge ego boost. Uh, to people who are not used to receiving a lot of love and flattery in life, this is a very, very seductive thing. 
Uh, sometimes, if it is a religious cult, members are promised, in addition to receiving love from the human beings in the group, they'll, they'll receive special spiritual love from a higher being. But however, it all changes once people begin to question or doubt the actions of the organisation. This love bombing quickly turns around, and in order to punish anyone who questions authority, they're usually subjected to public humiliation and social isolation. And fearing the loss of these new friendships and intimate relationships, people stop speaking out. They are taught to be closed, to close their vo- close their mouths, and to stay quiet and to accept what is going on. The types of people who are most susceptible to this sort of manipulation are those who come from broken families and abusive relationships. And I've seen this take place where people have gone out into marketplace and things, and they find people that are down or out, uh, who are lonely or uh, um, haven't got a very good social life, and they actually befriend them, invite them into these groups, mm. and then they became brain washed into what's actually going on mm. so that's a big thing yeah 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 no no look i really appreciate that because uh, uh you know the one thing that we're so we're all so much in need of is friendship and acceptance mm. and if in fact you find someone who is prepared to just accept you uh, just as you are you tend to gravitate towards them and mm. that's but yet that itself can become a manipulation tactic. Yeah, that's right. And the other one that uh, is mentioned is perfect. People striving for perfection. Uh, striving for perfection comes into play in many cults. The vast majority of cults teach their followers that they are superior to non-cult members, so that's why they disown their families. Mm. Uh, this gives people an us-and-them sort of a mindset, which eventually leads members to become socially isolated from people living in the outside world. And the vast majority of people who have been treated ended up joining the cult after having a long history of blaming other people in their lives for their own problems. They usually do not take responsibility for their own faults and they continue to move forward with their own goals of achieving perfection at all costs. So people who are trying to achieve perfection are never happy people. They're mm. always striving to find the extra and this is where it all comes about. That a cult offers that, that this is the perfect place to be and acceptance and that's why they disown the people outside in the world yeah yeah and look uh, this uh, this practice of i mean some call it shunning you know I, i'm yep. just so conscious of how anti-biblical that practice really is i mean there are some organizations that uh, that, that believe that uh, if in fact you go against the organization you should be shunned by the members of the organization you know one of the things I, i'm so conscious of is that sometimes you know a verse that i hear quoted is a is a verse that comes from the apostle paul you know treat this person uh, as a unbeliever uh, do you know I, i've actually i've explained to people you know if i'm going to treat a person like an unbeliever how do i treat an unbeliever hey mm. uh, the way i treat an unbeliever is my purpose is to, to try to win them back mm. uh, to the lord jesus christ it's not to push them away uh, so that they go further away but rather my aim is to win them win them back uh, you know to to me as as i look at that Mm-hmm. I just simply simply come to an understanding that uh, in the in the scriptures, the thing which must be displayed above everything else is the love of God, mm-hmm. even 
when discipline is being utilised. Yes, one of the things that pointed out in the study was avoid criticising, you know, confrontation and arguing with people who, who are trying to, are in a cult or trying to come out of it. Use the scriptures to take time to identify the cult's particular Bible dist- distortion, but don't do it in love. Don't do it with criticism and things like that. You know, the, the final um, scripture is Ephesians 6, 10 to 18, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Mm. And this is it, isn't it? The belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes out of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, sword of the spirit, prayer in the spirit. We need to be protected by Christ that we don't get caught up, even in our own church, that we, we study the scriptures carefully and that we stay true to God and we do it through love because there's so many disjointing things that will draw Drive people out of the church into into groups and cults uh, where they don't want to fellowship with other people, which yeah, is sad. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and it's at that point that you realise that uh, religion itself is becoming a disservice to mm. humanity instead of being a positive asset, which is certainly what it is when biblical Christianity is presented as it is presented within the word itself and it should show love in the church you know yeah. no matter what happens a disagreement between two people there should be the love should be there as as a born again Christian that we can sort through these things through the power of Jesus Christ yeah. to hold us together not be drawn away into these cults which are manipulative by a charismatic leader yeah, 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 yeah. No, I really appreciate what you're actually saying saying there, Eric. Look, I'm just wondering, we are coming very close to the uh, conclusion of our meeting. I'm just wondering, how would you feel about uh, about praying, uh, particularly for uh, for those who, who may be struggling at this particular point in time of their, of their lives? Sure. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, once again we come to you in prayer, thanking you, Lord, that we can talk to you at any time, day or night that you're a God that hears and listens to our prayers. And tonight, Lord, we just thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the scriptures that have been freely given to us. And, Lord, we know that when we study your word, Lord, that you bring happiness and truth into our lives. We pray for those, Lord, that are struggling, that may be being drawn into a cult, Lord, that they will understand the scriptures thoroughly, Lord, that it is Jesus that is the leader of all scriptures, that he is the one that saves and not to be drawn away by charismatic groups, Lord, that take us away from families and friends. But, Lord, that we need to come close to you each and every day. Bless each one out there, Lord. And if somebody is struggling uh, uh, with a problem in their life, Lord, just we ask right now that you will bless them, Lord, that you'll lay your hand upon them, Lord, that you'll bring healing into their life. Thank you for Jesus. We, we love you, Lord. We know you love us. May we always stay close to you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Well, my friends, uh, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and uh, Eric Hoare on Drive Time Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when Pastor David Butcher uh, will be joining me and we chat on why are charismatic leaders so successful. Really look forward to seeing you. But until then, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.